Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Mm, I am. I can't complain. Like I'm. God is good. Um, all is well. Uh, let's. <laughs> this is Confessions of a Church Girl. My name is Berlin, and my co-host, her name is Crystal. And uh, we just like to talk about all types of things. A good conversation, wholesome conversation. We talk about uh, politics and religion and, and culture and lifestyle. And we just have a good time doing it. So um, we are glad for whoever will listen to this and whoever will join in in our conversation. Uh, we hope that we enlighten you and say something encouraging and motivating to you. So let's just get in there, right? Sure. Let's just jump right in. All right, so I think um, I'm coming with the scripture today, mm-hmm. and um, I don't have just one scripture. I actually, I taught Sunday school yesterday. I teach youth Sunday school twice a month, and um, I was pretty um, impressed with the message uh, that came okay. forth. Uh, our, our topic was um, called to significance, and we talked about um, Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 I'm not going to read all of what we talked about but I am going to read like verses 10 and 11 and I'm reading from the clear word bible so it reads a little bit different Uh, almost reads like the message bible if you all are familiar with that Um, but it's just a really um, down to earth read so here it goes and I just want to read these two verses James and John, who were in the other boat, were amazed also. Then Jesus said to Peter, don't act so surprised at this huge catch of fish. From now on, I want you to fish for men. When they got back to shore, they left their boats, their nets, and the huge catch of fish with the hired help and followed Jesus. Well, may God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You know how church girls do. We got to, you know, add (laughs) last piece in there. But what I, um, what I got from those last two verses, and this is just something that has impressed in my spirit. You know, we might think that our profession or that our uh, call is one thing, but God can turn something that's natural into something that's spiritual and he can Mm -hmm. use it for his glory. Who would have thought that fishermen would become evangelists all after one miracle? So mm-hmm. people have to kind of uh, make room for what God is going to do in your life or is trying to do in your life. Because what you think it might be your profession or your significance may turn out to be something totally different and may blow even your mind when God gets finished with it. So just think they came back with all these fish. At first, they hadn't caught, if you read the story, they hadn't caught anything all day. And then after God speaks a word, they catch so much fish that they need two boats. And then he said, you think Mm -hmm. that's, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. I'm going to change that around. And yeah, it was easy for you to go out there and cast those nets. But now I'm going to have you catching people, catching souls for God. And I just want to impress on somebody who's listening Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing because God is getting ready to change that thing around. He's going to make it for his glory. He's going to open your natural up to something much more spiritual than you could even imagine. And so that's our scripture reading for today. Is that all right? That's all right. All right, Berlin. Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, today we're going to, we have a wonderful conversation. Um, it's something that we've probably tried to talk about a couple of different times, but uh, with the wake of one of the greatest women to carry the gospel in our time, um, she transitioned to be with the Lord a couple of, maybe a month ago now, would you say? Almost. It's been three weeks. Three, three weeks ago. And um, we just kind of want to pay tribute tribute and homage to Dr. Iona Elak. Um, she was both one of Crystal and I, our favorite uh, preachers. And um, she, 
to say that she graced the pulpit is an understatement. Like she, she was a monster in her own right. And um, she, her presence on this earth is going to be truly missed, but her legacy and what she has established, I just praise God now for YouTube and for other outlets that we can continue to listen to her messages from out down through the years because they still hold so much value. Absolutely. Crystal, would you like to give like a favorite memory of Dr. Of Dr. Black? You know what? I am. I'm going to try not to be weepy because I'm still uh, not accepting this in as much as you cannot accept what God has already allowed. Um, I believe that Praise Ye the Lord is probably one of the most profound messages, sermons, orations period and it's amazing that it was captured in its totality um at the full gospel conference that is probably my all of anytime she opened her mouth my favorite is there okay so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rank anything but that particular sermon the way she dissects the scripture uh exegetes it correctly rightly divides you can you know that she has been with the lord and that she is a studier uh, of his word and i'm not talking about a reader when i say study i mean study in its true definition mm-hmm. meaning that you go deep uh you you focus on on one scripture at a time and you interrogate the text ask the text text everything you can ask it about its context its meaning you can tell that all of these things have been done and that she has been doing these things forever. I appreciate the way Bishop um, Thomas Dexter Jake said it, that she was a prodigy. She was absolutely a prodigy. She is one of the finest doyens of the gospel, period. Uh, male, female, whatever. She's just one of the best people to carry the word of God and to really stand on holiness she might be one of the only people who has a consistent thread. There is no wavering. There is no difference. You knew when she showed up at your conference or your service, you knew exactly what you were going to get. You were going to get the unadulterated word of God. And you were going to be reminded that we serve a holy God who requires a holy people to live a holy life and do holy deeds. And so she is sorely missed. I feel like a gaping hole vacuum is now just here in the earth and that we we, we really lost a gem, an absolute diamond. She was everything that God called her to be unapologetically. And I miss her. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I can't even put into words um, coming up like, when I first began to preach at the age of like 20, 21 years old, there were certain women that I listened to. I, I looked at and I not necessarily wanted to make myself after, but I definitely wanted to be as polished as some of, as her, uh, Doc, uh, Jackie McCullough. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Bishop Iona Elak definitely and there was another lady that I was close to um, um, her first name was Daisy and she was out of Lansing um, those were some of the, the the older women that I just I I love to hear them preach I love to hear the ministry I love the poise that they had I loved their directness I loved I love the holiness that they brought to to the table um, I love their candidness their um yeah so she, she's she's greatly missed but I thank God that she left like she didn't leave anything on the floor like she gave it all she had while That's she right. was here and um, it just makes me want to give more it makes me want to put everything out on the table like it makes me want to study more it makes me want to read more it makes me want to decipher more it makes me want to educate myself more because I really want to leave just as empty as she was she left nothing on the table so if you didn't get 
what she was given, that's because you didn't want it. That's right. Has nothing to do with what she left here. So I I can appreciate um, I can appreciate uh, her legacy and I can appreciate her time on this earth. You know, it's always hard to uh, let people go. I don't care if she was 90 years old. We right. would have been saying it's too soon. <laughs> or I don't want to go. But the truth of the matter is we all have to go that way. And um, the only thing that really matters is what we do for Christ. What we, what we do here. And so I just want to mimic myself after people who have left everything on the table who've left it, who have nothing else to give. I do not want to leave a full vessel where I had more potential and I didn't use it. I think that's a sin in my eyes where you've left something that God has given you and you didn't put it into the earth. So that's my, you're so right. (sighs) So, okay. Women in ministry. Um, that, I guess that, Dr. Locke starts us off with women in ministry. Yeah. Um, she was, her title was Bishop. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, I feel that when we were created, um, God called us both as male and female. We, we are the perfect Amago Day, the image of God, created in the image of God. We are the best male and female. We are the best. We are the perfect resemblance of God. And while we always uh, reverence and reference um, God with an F, reference God with uh, as a Him, we know that He is a combination of both male and female characteristics. There could be no female if there was no female in God. Those character, and I'm not talking about God being a woman or anything like that. I'm talking about the characteristics that we have. He he would not have been able to give us what he didn't already have present within himself. Mm -hmm. And so context is extremely important uh, when having this conversation. You started the question, and I'll get back to your question with how do I feel about her carrying the title of bishop? Well, who better carry it than her? Mm-hmm. Find 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 me the person who had more scholarship. Find me the person who had more integrity. Find mm-hmm. me the person who was blemishless. What who what have you heard about Dr. Iona Lot, Bishop Dr. Iona Lot, except for what she left here and what she was? Mm-hmm. What scandal have you heard about Bishop Dr. Iona Locke? What, what can you attribute to her name that caused her to come down in your opinion a few notches and show her full hum- humanity? Mm-hmm. What can you ascribe to the woman of God uh, that would disqualify her from carrying the man-made title of bishop? The mm-hmm. scripture tells us that God gave some uh, apostles, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists for the edification of the church. Nowhere in that particular scripture do we find the word bishop. And so when you have something that's man-made, when you have something that, we, and, and it really, bishop comes from, what is it? Uh, the Greek word episkopos. What is it? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Um, which basically means overseer, right? Or chief pastor. Um, and so who better? What what can you lay at the charge of Bishop Dr. Iona Locke that would disqualify her from being what she was other than the genitalia that God gave her? What can you lay at her feet? I was just going to say that kind of bluntly, that just because she didn't have a penis doesn't mean she didn't have a word and a lifestyle of holiness. But I want to go to, to um, I think it's Titus. Just because I know people are going to say, well, this is not, that's not, uh, there is a word in the Bible talking about a bishop, but we're going to talk about that too. But, but you're right. Epis- I'm, I'm on my, I'm on the computer now. Episcopos is the Greek word for bishop. And basically it's, <laughs> it's the upper echelon of ministry. It's somebody who gets to lead. So why can't, what, what, 
what um, problems should we have with a leader such as uh, Dr. Lott? Um, what's, what's the scripture, Titus? What? Um, I'm, I'm getting in there. I think it's Titus. Um, let's start with six and go down. Uh, uh, yeah, in the, in the New Testament. Um, I mean, in the King James Version. I'm going to go to Titus 1, 6 through 8. This is an elder. Yeah. Talk about a bishop, but it says... An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Uh, Since an overseer manages God's house, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. So if you put an S in front of the he, you get she, right? Correct. And faithful to one wife. I think a, a, most of our scripture, especially in the New Testament, was written um, to the masculine. It does not necessarily mean that that God has eliminated women. It means this is how it was written. And I think a lot of times our literal meaning of scripture needs to be coupled with understanding and a lot of times we leave that understanding on the table because a a lot of times men are the ones who want to um exert their their authority over a woman and uh i think i think that's where a lot of our reckoning of or not reckoning, but our way of believing that men are the only ones that are good enough for leadership in the church comes from. Um, how do you like? I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. Like, I'm just. Uh, everybody forgets the scripture about pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh, and you know the sons and daughters will will dream dreams and prophesy. But we don't, we don't, we don't think about that. All we think about is well, we y'all not supposed to be up in front of the people like who told you that and even when it was written in the new testament it was written to certain churches who had busybodies doing too much so it wasn't written for just because of today's church like today's church has definitely evolved and hopefully we understand the word and we understand how it was written and why it was written and who wrote it to where we can rightly divide and interpret the scripture correctly and you, you cannot rightly divide and interpret the scripture correctly without context and culture. Yeah. Okay. When you when you add context and when you add culture to the scripture along with the discernment of the Holy Ghost who is who is our teacher, that's the number one problem. It's a whole lot of people reading and don't have the Holy Ghost. So let's let's start there. So when you add culture and context to all of this scripture, especially the Paulian writings. Um, you you get a a better feel of what he's saying. You mm-hmm. already addressed the fact that the reason that the reason that First Corinthians fourteen and thirty four exist. What does First Corinthians fourteen and thirty four say? That is oh, the me- scripture where he's exhorting uh, that particular body of believers to say, "Let your women keep silent." Yeah. You have already discussed why that was said. That was presented because the women there were out of order. They were causing disruptions. You can go on further into Paulian writings and see that he worked very closely with women leadership who advanced the cause of the gospel. He worked very, very closely. So you can't take this one scripture where he had the husband of one wife. And that's all you got. The scripture lays flat side by side. You can't pull one scripture and have no context around it. No culture, no, no uh, situational thinking or judgment with relationship to the writer. You cannot do that. Okay. You have at that point taken the word of God and used it for your own whatever reasons you have for why women should not be leaders in the church. Now, I excuse 
I really do. I excuse the our forefathers because as you come into the knowledge and as you grow, walk therein, right? As you, as you begin to to get an understanding of what scripture says and what it means and you have some scholarship and you have tools and you have access to theologians who have done the hard work of really interpreting the scripture and rightly dividing the book. Um, I don't have no no passport for our generation who still is is quoting this scripture out of context. I do give a pass to our forefathers and even our forefathers they under the auspices of the Holy Ghost knew that women had their place. And that's a shout out to Bishop Locke right there because that was her that was her thing. She could say auspices of the Holy Ghost like nobody's business. But even our forefathers recognized when the hand of God was on a female cohort or a female peer or whatever the case may be. So you you will never get very far with me taking that one scripture and applying it to the entire book of this this God's word. So the only reason that that first Corinthians 14 and 34 exist uh, is for that particular body of believers who was having issues controlling some busybody women in their congregation that were doing more harm than good. Wow. Well, and we have, we have, we can run through the scriptures. Do you want to run through the scriptures that, that showcase the, the women in, in the I mean, we can go through scripture the, if, if you want. Like, yeah, you don't, you, because I don't want nobody to take my word for it. I just want you to read the book. You don't, you don't have to take my word for it at and, all. Is this but this here? is the thing. Like, I don't understand why this is still an argument in 2021. Like, why are we still arguing about who gets to preach when women are the majority in the church anyway, especially black women? So, who who else better to carry the gospel than somebody who's peering in the church? Listen, sometimes some sometimes it's just it's too much like right, <laughs> right? It's it's just too it just makes too much sense to make that much sense. So I don't understand why this is still an argument. I don't understand why that there are still people who who think that uh, penis is king and that with with that member of your body qualifies you to everything that a woman does not have uh access to you would you would be wrong and and you would be very wrong and you would be probably a little bit off so i i mean i can't i can't tell you why this is still an argument i know that a lot of times we repeat what we heard right and so growing up in in the pentecostal uh persuasion We've repeated what we heard, and me and you have delved into this significantly, even with uh, the the misrepresentation yeah. of Ruth. That that particular account of scripture has been preached in such a way that would make you think it's one thing when it ain't got nothing to do with that. So it's important that we take the time to study ourselves, to study the Word of God for ourselves, so that we know what He's saying and what He said. Romans 16, verse 1 and 2. This is a scripture here that deals with the sister Phoebe. And I'm going to read it out of the English standard Is it version. Romans 16? Romans 16, uh -huh. verses 1 and 2. I commend to you, sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at, at Centriae that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Okay, that's that's Phoebe. Now, when, when Paul is telling the people to welcome her, he's not telling them to welcome her as someone who does their laundry. Right, right. She's not, he's not telling them to welcome her as someone who prepares their meals. He's not telling them to welcome her as someone who takes care and rears the children for the community. He's saying, welcome her as a servant of the church. Mm -hmm. Meaning this is, this is somebody that I have co-labored with as we are building out the church for, what are we called? Um, for the people who are not Jewish. <laughs> what do we call really? Non-Jews, Gentiles. 
Gentiles there as we're working to build this coalition of Gentiles. She is one of the leaders there. Welcome her to the Roman people, the church at Rome. Okay. And let's not forget about Anna who's found in Luke. I believe the second chapter, I'm looking for it now to make sure, but, um, um, Anna was, what, what, what was she a prophetess? So like we have women who were preachers and speakers all throughout the new Testament that go overlooked because a man is trying to put together his narrative of what a woman should be in the church. Um, you have, you have them in the old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When you have, uh, when you have Deborah, who was a judge and when you have the women who served at the entry of, of the gates, um, within the, the coalition of the Israelites. Those were not positions of, oh, that's a woman's job. Those were important positions um, within that particular time frame and culture. Did you find your scripture, yes. Luke? What Luke is it? Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 37. And like I said, I'm reading tonight out of the Clear Word Bible. And it says, um, there also was a prophetess named Anna in Jerusalem, the daughter of Phanuel who belonged to the Jewish tribe of Asher. She was married when she was young and lived happily with her husband for seven years before he died. She had remained a widow all her life and was now about 84 years old. She spent all her time in the temple and could be found there anytime, day or night, fasting, praying, and worshiping God. So she gave herself to the cause of Christ. That's what she did. So... But they mm-hmm. home making cookies and trying to get ready for a bake sale so that we further the truth like you want in these days and times. And that's and let me say that when we when we say washing clothes and rearing children and cooking meals, there is no slight no. there. There is there is no shade because that is an important part of the family Absolutely. structure. Uh, the women's uh what has been known as women's responsibilities and in years past, those are important functions of the family culture. So when we say we are not sliding anybody who's a homemaker, we are not your, your position in the kingdom in your home is just as important as anybody who mounts a pulpit who is female. So please don't take that as a slight to the homemakers um, and those because I come from I come from homemakers. I come from people who cleaned Caucasian women's houses and cook their foods and wean their children. So there is no slight and it's all respect. We are just here. We're here to point out that there there is more that we can do than just that. And this is the thing. I, I full heartedly, I love the responsibility of a quote unquote woman. I, I enjoy cooking, cleaning, washing, um, making a house, a home. I enjoy it. Just like a man, I simply enjoy working on cars and building things. It's in my nature. So why do I enjoy right. that? But who's to, te- who's to tell me that delivering the word of God, speaking to God's people, isn't also in my nature? Why is that also a part of my being? Why can't we do those things together? Why is it either you do this or you do that, but a man can do both? That doesn't make Right. So, yeah, we- absolutely. And this, this, this is probably I'm Berlin. I'm gonna just let you know I'm ready with all of the scriptures, and I think it's important that that we point out as many of them as possible, so that people know that we are not talking out of the side of our neck, but we do actually have the backing of actual scripture to present our case and argue uh, the fact of and 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 the argue the the point that women have been intricate intricate parts of the development of the church as we know it. Go ahead, go ahead yeah. and give them another one. I'm, I'm, I'm getting Priscilla together. What do you have? Who do you have? Ah, well, that's, that's where I was at, but I'll go ahead and let me go to, uh, let's go to Philippians. Philippians 4 mm-hmm. verses 2 through verses two and three, Philippians four, uh, verses two and three. And the scripture says, I entreat Eudodia and I entreat Syntate 
I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing okay. that correctly, to, to agree in the Lord's church. Yes, I ask also you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me. This is the Apostle Paul talking, okay? Who have labored with me in the gospel together. They are fellow yokemen yes. or fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So here we have Eudodia and Sinti. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right again. But you have the Apostle Paul himself, a Hebrew of Hebrews, telling you that these two feminine warriors have worked not behind him, not under mm -hmm. him, not in front of him, but side by side. Okay? Okay. I'll give that back to you to go on and work on okay, Priscilla. Okay, so Priscilla, Romans 16, 3 and 4. It just says, uh, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ. They've endangered their own lives to save me. I'm grateful for believers like that, including many we now have among the Gentiles. So, so go ahead. Um, <laughs> Priscilla was a, she was what we would call, uh, what's, what's the term we would use as a, um, she was, on, she was on the front line for, God, mm -hmm. for the gospel, for the man of God. And yet, um, we still have this, like, I don't know. I think men don't understand how many women were actually in the Bible to talk about. And maybe that is the problem with why, um, with, with why we, they get it so twisted and so wrong. Um, there is so much, <laughs> there's so much dilemma because there's only really two uh, books in the Bible that are are, are are from women, which is Ruth and Esther. But it does not mean like that there weren't, they didn't, they didn't give, um, they, they didn't bring something to the table of the gospel. Who was the woman who carried the gospel first? Who came out of the, um, who, who, who told that Jesus was not in the, in the tomb? Who, what was her name? Mary, Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Okay, so she was pretty much the first carrier of the gospel because she told right. us that Jesus was alive and well. Now, do you think that was by by chance? That we we know oh. it wasn't. We we know that we don't serve a God of chance. We serve a God of providence. Uh -huh. He he, everything that he does is divinely orchestrated and is done on purpose for purpose. So no, it wasn't no by chance. <laughs> well, am I upset? Do I sound aggressive? I apologize to our listening audience. Can I can I jump on on Priscilla a little bit? Absolutely, go ahead. So so Priscilla and her husband, who is who was Aquila, um, they were highly respected by Paul. And and if you if you do some research, you'll know that most theologians gather them as pastors in the church at Ephesus. Um, and they were the ones, I think, who um, they were the ones responsible for teaching Apollos, actually. And so they both taught Apollos and they both pastored in the church together. But in, in some portions of the scripture, you'll see that Priscilla is her name and she is like listed ahead of Aquila when their names come up. So this this leads to a little bit of speculation, really, but that the two of the two she was the primary teacher and that her husband was really just the overseer of the ministry so here but either way here you have a prominent woman in what would be considered a prominent position of teaching and pastoring the next the next scripture that we have is romans 16 and uh -huh. 7. romans 16 and 7 says greet andronicus and uh -huh. junia yes yeah. My kids my kinsmen and fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles. And they were in Christ before me. Okay? Uh, Junia, that's a she. And when you when you look at that, <laughs> they did attempt. 
the, the, the people who were, were transcribing this and getting our versions together, they did attempt um, to make Junia a woman. And they did attempt to add a S to the end of her name to make it more masculine, Junius. Um, but you couldn't really do that because the way that it would have, if there was a feminine to spin to it in the original text, it would have been I, I think it would have been I-U-S, not I-A-S. Yeah. yeah, so you, you can't really, you can't just throw an S on there and, and turn it into uh, a bruh, right? So she, <laughs> she was definitely a woman. Uh, she was definitely known to the apostles, which means that she worked in close quarters with them. So no, nobody should really be questioning uh, Junia. Do you have another scripture for us? I'm, I'm, I'm all out. And I think like we've given what, six to seven women. Um, if that's not enough of convincing, I don't really know what is. Like I'm not, my, my thing is, I don't think that women should have to continue to go back and forth with something that was given to both of us. Uh, <laughs> the word was given to both of us. It's not like I can't read. So why am I not able to preach? And I'm not preaching about my life. I'm preaching about his life. So um, sometimes it takes a man to get a point across. And other times it takes a woman. And sometimes it doesn't, it just takes a willing vessel like the Bible calls us. And it does not give a, 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 a penis or a vagina. It just says a, a, somebody who's willing to carry the, the gospel, who's willing to walk upright and walk holy. Um, like I said, black women, we are the most uh, religious uh, uh, cohort in, Democrat. in America. And uh, the vast majority of black women do reign from Christendom. And I would say that a lot of those uh, women that reign from Christendom are of the Pentecostal uh, faith. And it is, it, I just can't understand how we could still walk into churches and still be made to preach from the floor. <laughs> and still, right, and still be, I remember one time I was so crystal I was so disrespected this was one of my earlier years of ministry I was probably like 25 or 26 and every year I was a youth pastor I had been a youth pastor for like maybe five years by this time and I had put on a youth um a youth conference I did it every year and so one of my um elder one of the um elders in my church he was like I want my friend to come preach and I'm like, okay, cool. Call him up, see if he can come, you know, bring his youth or whatever. So I'm orchestrating everything because I'm in charge. Um, I, at this time, I had been to seminary. Um, I had I had done conferences several times. I had preached all over the place. So like, I'm, I'm well within my rights. Girl, when I took <laughs> he, this man came into the church. Now, mind you, I'm the youth pastor. I'm sitting in the pulpit with him. He comes into the church, he um, gets ready to take the, the pulpit, and he pays homage to the person who invited him, which was cool. And then he was just like, and now I will, I'll begin to, to, to minister the word. And so my mother looked up at me, and I just looked at her, and I just, you know, I just kept on. Now, mind you, I had just introduced him. And um, he preached for three nights, and on the third night, he now mind you my, my pastor had gotten up plenty of times and talked about me being the youth you know the youth pastor and being over the youth and what kind of fine job I'm doing he got up on the third night and still disrespected me he said um, I, I just want to um, thank God for the leader one of the leaders in this house one of the leaders of the youth ministry or the leader of the youth ministry minister so and so and such and such and I kind of like look and I'm like so I, I know I know <laughs> I know that he knows by now, like who is in charge, like who's who's putting things together. And then he kind of like, kind of referenced me as a helper and someone who uh, one day um, she will be a great asset to the young women in the church. You <laughs> so after church, I you know I'm the one who has to give him his check and have you know has to you know you know thank him for his services. And I'm, I go to give him his check. And he says, where is the person? You know, the person that he was talking about. I said, 
he's he's where he's supposed to be. He was like, well, I need him to deliver me my check. I said, sir, you won't get paid. I've been in charge. I'm the one who invited you. I'm the one who okayed you to come. And I'm the one who, who allowed you to grace this pulpit. So if you don't want to take this from me, I could put this back in our youth fund and go on about my business. From, right. from that point on, him and he and his girlfriend turned wife never spoke to me again. It was like an ultimate disrespect because as a woman, I should not have had, um, I should not have approached him in that manner. I should not have spoken to him in that manner. Mind you how he's disrespected me the entire time he's been at my right, right. but I should not have spoken to him in that manner. And that was probably my first uh, time really being like experiencing um, discrimination because I'm a woman. And I'm like, I can't believe that. So he, the person who helps him, who assists him, she just speaks to the women. She doesn't get up and uh, talk to all of the youth. Whenever she does something, it's just for the women. But when I'm doing something, it's for both. And I'm like, that I don't have anything to do with how you all run your church or what you are like what your what your auspices is. But what I know is I what I have here. And uh like you you uh, how dare you come into somebody else's church and try to make it your own? That's right. It was the most um humiliating type of thing. And then he had the nerve to invite somebody else to preach with him. What? Oh, he was he already. Was he was all, did he run? Did he? Had he run that by y'all? He pastor? ran that by the person who invited him. Wow. Okay, and and the person who invited him, did they run it by you? And Never your said pastor? a word to me. So when I see, so he was out oh, of order too. When I lit into them, like I, I, I had a, a very uh, tumultuous relationship with with the, the person who invited him for a little while because. He felt like I disrespected him and I knew he disrespected me. And I'm like, I don't know if this is my age that is, is bothering you all or if it's the fact that I'm a young woman that has put together some very nice conferences over the past five years. However it goes, however it goes, God bless you. And like, I hope this never, ever, ever happens again. And like to this day, I'll never forget the way I felt like kind of sub because right. of what I was dealing with. And it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's women in ministry. And like women in ministry have had so many struggles that a man will never see. You'll never see uh, a man get disrespected. I mean, and there are plenty of men who come to the pulpit with no word, no revelation, no, no study. study, no lifestyle. And then there are women who, who live circumspectly, who study the word day in and day out, just like the woman I just read, who she didn't even leave the, the temple most of the time. And that's not the woman you want to speak to you because she doesn't have a penis. How stupid does that sound? It, it's, 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 it sounds really ignorant. Um, and back on to Bishop Locke, uh, I think her quote was a burden to preach without a burden to study is a burden to perform or entertain mm. and we have a lot of entertaining going on we have a lot of, of um, unfortunately young ministers who are coming mm. up who think that just because you have a hoop and can carry a small wow. tune that that qualifies you to uh, minister to to minister the gospel to God's people. And one thing that I would caution the brethren against is please be careful that you do not cross over into misogyny and chauvinism because that is definitely your father will be displeased. I'll say it that way. Well, your father will be sin, very displeased. It's sin of like it's a sin of discrimination. Who who told you that 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 you that that you qualify someone to preach? You don't qualify them. That's right. Especially, it's, it's, especially since what is it? What scripture is that? Um, Galatians three. Uh, Galatians three and um, is it twenty eight? There is neither Jew nor yes. Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male, female. 
you are all one in Christ. You're all one in Christ. So when it comes to when it comes to Christ and things of the spirit, we should really be looking past all of that. We should be looking at lifestyle. We should be looking at ability. Uh, we should be looking at really depending on the Holy Ghost to lead us and give us discernment about who he's called in that area and not making decisions based on certain genitalia. And so we, I, I'm hoping that at some point uh, the church will move past that. Uh, probably not. But I'm hoping that we will continue to improve because you definitely don't want to you don't want to you don't want to be guilty of putting your mouth and, and disqualifying somebody who God qualified. I don't think he would be pleased with you for that. I'm certain he wouldn't. So I just back to so, what you said. I want to read that scripture that you gave. That's Galatians 3, 28 and 29. Of course, I'm again, I'm reading through the clear word. It says no longer is there any spiritual difference between Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, or males and females. All of us are on the same spiritual level because of our union with Christ. Now, if you belong to Christ, then you're a descendant of Abraham and you're entitled to everything that God promised him. That just dispelled and debunked all kinds of uh different theological perspectives that have come into play like if you read the scripture and know what it's talking about like you you can't possibly uh discredit the ministry of a woman you shouldn't not not based on that alone if you have other things that would be disqualifying great but what the lord created her to be and i mean just look at that Mm -hmm. The Lord created me to be a woman, therefore disqualify me to do the maximum and, and, and stand in the maximum place of his church, his, his church, his, his church. church, his church. This, this church don't belong to us, brethren. It's not your church and we not your people. We God's people. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that we can, that we can probably think through and, and, and some of these um, ideologies are just completely backwards and we I'm, I'm just I'm prayerful that we'll get to a different place and that you will see people for who they are their ability God given anointing and judge based off of that now I think me and Verlene were talking well no it wasn't you I might have been talking to my my best friend and I was saying that black women especially in the church we are we are like black people in America mm-hmm. <laughs> we are the yep. oppressed by our own people, in our own in our own organizations and let me say this this is not lambasting men in general because we have some very forward thinking men in this great church the church of god in christ we have women pastors in the church of god in christ who are identified as pastor by their bishop in the church of God in Christ. I remember Bishop, I remember when, when Bishop Patterson brought in Mother Deola Wells and sat him on the side of, and sat her on the side of him. And she sits and sat in the pulpit every day that Bishop was alive. And I think she still does. And so that was part of, I think that was part of the process. And down in, down in California under Bishop McKinney, uh, they have elders who sit mm-hmm. in their pulpit <laughs> that are women. So this is this is no indictment on as as a broad brush against men, because like I said, we have some very forward thinking um, men in our church. And I believe that as the generations continue to progress, I believe that our 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 institution will catch up and I'm, I'm comfortable and confident in staying here knowing that. So I feel I feel good about the trajectory. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel good and about where we're going. Also, like in the, in so. the, we are part of the Church of God in Christ. However, the PAW and those other apostolic organizations that are um, a little bit ahead of the times, uh, more God in Christ, that have, that have elders, bishops that are women and that are um, are really doing a, an incredible job in leading in, in the leadership of the church. So it is being done. It is going, it is, it is going to that. It's just taken a, a long time to get there. Um, we are, are grateful though, because there are more opportunities 
that are um, being opened uh, to, to women. Now, one thing I do want to impress upon our, lead, our, our listening audience is just because we are saying bishop, apostle, pastor, elder, I am not diminishing my femininity. I love being a lady and I think it's the cutest thing to be a lady like I'm never going to take on a masculine uh masculine or 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 build because of the word that I carry I'm going to do it with the classiness of a lady like we're not there is never a time where I want to ever preach like a man talk and walk like a man assert like a man I want to do everything like the lady that I am absolutely and that's that's something I think that I I appreciate about Bishop Locke she she asserted her femininity and I appreciate that about uh, Mother Joyce Rogers who always refers to herself as a feminine warrior we are ladies and we can do this thing in our ladyhood and I, I ditto everything you said love being a lady love being a woman don't have no desire to be a man or usurp authority over him thank you just let me be me and i'm gonna let you be you and we'll we'll be all good together amen Uh, we can how about that how about so crystal i think we've come to a time where it's time for me to get fashion i think right Yes. Do you want to give a, a little background on that? Like why? Yes, we this is Confessions confession? of a Church Girl. And uh, the reason we do a confession is because we want to dispel the myths and the rumors that uh, there aren't things that that church girls deal with, that church girls go through, or that church girls have. Uh, a lot of times the church girl gets uh, silenced or quieted because uh, a lot of people don't attribute her experience to be worth anything because she was in the church most of her life. We have experiences so. and things that we deal with that we want to share on the podcast. And so uh, every uh, our conversation will end um, with a confession um, and prayer. So um, this confession is not really a confession, I would say, but it's just like a, a, a probably a window inside of me. I like to consider myself an open canvas or open book where everybody can read a chapter in me. Uh, but some things people don't know about me because they don't know me so um one thing i want to talk about tonight is uh this being the new year i don't believe in new year's resolutions um everyone wants to make one everybody wants to set something uh i just believe we can go from faith to faith and from glory to glory so i like to set goals i like to 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 write down what I want but that is a continuous thing that I do throughout my entire journey of life like I I I keep a journal and um I don't I don't write in it all the time necessarily and then sometimes I'll write in it all the time so um I want to um just let you know like I don't I don't, it's, it's okay to not have a resolution. It's okay not to have something that you want to ascribe to this year, but always put down a goal or something that you're striving for. Um, so one thing that I'm striving for, like I have a, um, a big ticketed item that I plan on purchasing this year. So um, my goal is to see that pass. Like this is a, a big thing for me because um, you know, I, I yeah. never, I never desired to, to purchase anything like this by myself. I always thought I would be a, a, a married woman purchasing my first one and, you know, um, doing it with someone else. But the older I get, the more God mm-hmm. is like, and if that never happens, are you just going to rent? Your- so, like, <laughs> I am so, like, this is something, like, I don't really get excited about a whole lot of things, but I am just like, God, I just, I am praising God now for what he to do in this yeah. year. And I believe that this year is going to be my year to buy my first house. And so I'm so excited. Yeah. And I'm like almost in awe, like it brings tears to my eyes because um, as I think about my life and um, how I thought it would, would go and how it actually is turning out, like, I'm just like, God, you have done so much more than I've ever expected. Um, I could live like yes. this by myself, but I've 
And I am, I'm so grateful to God for that opportunity. So like with that being said, I just want to say, I don't really have any resolutions. I just have goals and expectations of a great God. And I just believe that he's going to bring it to pass. So wherever you stand, Mm -hmm. you may believe in resolutions. You may believe in things that you're going to stop doing or start doing in the year. But what I want to impress upon you is to just uh, put your biddings on God. Just just put your request before God and then watch it come to pass. Um, Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at this year. Like just you don't have to to make one thing a situation, but you can just put everything before God and watch God work it out. Come on here. I love that. I'm so very proud and excited for you. One, because I love real estate. Uh, so I'm super excited for you to to make this, this transaction. And I'm grateful that God has situated you in such a place that you have. You can do it or you cannot. You have options. Okay. So that is awesome. I remember you telling me um, a few months back that God told you yeah. to ask him for the hard thing. And that resonates in my spirit as you have that particular conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for asking him. Um, a lot of, and then some, something I was, I, I was listening to this, this week said that people don't like asking God for the hard things because they don't think that he can do it or he that, or that he would mm. do it. But my whole question was, mm. if he can't do it. Who can? You sure can't. Like, right. if you could, you would have did it by now, right? So we have to, we right. have to, if without this, like without hope, what is our life? Without, without faith in God, what what exactly is our life? It's hopeless. It's 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 unfulfilled. So continue to hope, continue your dream, and continue to just let God um, let God rule, rest and abide. One thing I will say, and I know um, my time is far spent, but um, this is a, I I have been so impacted with this, and I'm thinking this is probably going to be my theme this whole year. But this is a suffering way. This is a discipline. Way. <laughs> so yes, if you if you're going to suffer and if you're going to be disciplined, don't you think that comes with benefits? So Absolutely. yeah, just put put the hard things in God's hands and watch Him work it out. That's awesome, and don't sit up. Don't sit up in church and become oh. agnostic. <laughs> Either you start start venturing on on what God won't do and what He can and won't do, you mm-hmm. you borderline agnostic. So you be careful with that, people of God. If you believe, believe. If you if you don't, we have the scripture that says, "Lord, I believe, but help my yeah. unbelief." And we we thank God for that. All right, I'm gonna close us up in a word of prayer thank you so much for your time and for listening today we hope that your new year has started off brilliantly um, and that it will continue to progress in the trajectory that god has for it father god we thank you and we praise you we magnify your holy name we lift you high thank you for being god thank you for being constant thank you for being consistent thank you for transcending all that we know and being the greatness of all that we could ever know. We thank you because you sit on your sovereign throne and there you take care of us. There you meet our needs. There you are the source and you provide for us. Father, we praise you because you're worthy of all the honor and the praise. Thank you for bringing us through 2020 and thank you for bringing us through unscathed. We took some blows and we took some losses and we suffered some things that we still don't understand but we thank you that you continue to carry us through. We didn't have nervous breakdowns. We didn't lose our minds. We didn't lose We didn't lose our homes for those of us who didn't God. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your keeping power. We ask that you will look on those who have suffered greatly uh, in the last year as a result of this pandemic. And we ask that you would restore to them um, exceeding abundantly above all they could ask or even think. God, and we thank you for this time. We thank you for this this opportunity to share with your people the things that you have impressed on our hearts. We ask that you would continue to look on your people, look on this world, look on this country, God, and send your spirit, send your spirit of unification and send your spirit of peace. These are the things that we ask you for, and we're asking you in the matchless and strong name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. All right, Crystal. Well, this is Confessions of a Church Girl. My name is Verlene. And like she said, <laughs> mine is Crystal. And we'll uh, talk to you again real soon. <laughs>